Well, <laughs> welcome back to Soul Back. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here back with Tom and Ed. And we're almost done our yearly countdown, but we couldn't stop this whole thing without talking about 1993, guys. Ed, 1993, another great year? Player, 1993 is yet another great year. And this is a interesting episode for me because this episode and next episode, most of the episodes we've talked about, I lived through it. And I mean, technically, yes, I was alive during 93. But a lot of my music super standum, I think, really began in 94. So like all, all the albums we've talked about, I remember every single time period. I remember living through it. I remember the albums debuting. I remember the videos debuting on Video Soul and BET. But 93 and 92 will be the first years where I listen to the big albums because I've always been a music fan. But a lot of the more lesser known albums i heard these years after the fact so i had to go back and do my research on some of these so this year and next week's episode are the two that i didn't quite live through i lived through but i wasn't in the moment so it's going to be fun even for me to kind of revisit some of these albums because it might be some stuff that even your boy hasn't heard and that's got to be tricky when you get one over on this player Mm. (laughs) (laughs) i was literally nine going on ten Kyle, I think you were definitely in diapers at this point, weren't you? Yeah, they were I may powdering have... that booty. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might learn something today, guys. I was doing the collage um, earlier in the day, and man, some albums that we can consider classics. So we'll get into all of that. But Tom, we got a couple of shout outs that we want to give out here. I got one, and then I'll let you do it. We got to give a quick shout out to Lance Romance. He's in the wow. building. Um. Ed apparently says he's like big, so I got to well, Google a, him after. Hit, for, for the youngest <laughs> who don't know, yeah, just hit Google. He is a well-known dancer in the hip-hop community, so I'll leave it at that. But no, he's done his thing. Old hip-hop heads like me know the name. So shout out to the homie in the chat. So We got if, a family in the house. I'm, yep. I'm on here. Tar Heels fan, Damon Dunn, way past your bedtime, son. We got yes. Jonathan B. <laughs> We got our boy Slick Partner on here, Lawrence, Nicolette Carney in the house. Mm. Uh, watch These is in the house. That dude has like every album and CD. Yes, yes, back in the day. yes he it's does. It's impressive. So it, it's, it's always good that our family shows up and represents for us. And can I give a couple of birthday shout outs here? So I think it was, Sade, I think it was Sade's birthday. I think it was today, maybe yesterday. And mm-hmm. then Aaliyah as well. She has a birthday anniversary. Aaliyah. Shout out to Aaliyah for her birthday. Shaquille yep. Perry, I know you're celebrating. Guys, I want to hit you with this real quick because we love Aaliyah. What is your top three Aaliyah songs? Just off the top of your head. Oh, my God. Favorite, 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 favorite. Uh, okay, I'll just do the top three that hit me immediately. Yeah. I'm sure someone will be like, oh, you forgot. Uh, but mm-hmm. just off the top, off the top. Um, the Dr. Doolittle song, of course. Yeah. Are you yes. that somebody? I'll go one in a million. And as weird as it is, because this became a favorite way after the fact, I miss you. I love mm. that song. Mm. Wow. Um, I'll go Dr. Doolittle song. Rock the yeah. Boat. Cause yeah, Rock, rock the, the boat. boat. I forgot rock, yeah. rock the Boat. Rock the Boat is crazy. And then I'll go four-page letter. Yes. Yes. I'll go four-page letter as my third. I'm going to do, do Rock the Boat. I'm going to do four-page letter. And I'm going to do Dr. Doolittle song. I just feel that all three of those songs were just so groundbreaking in that moment. Yeah. I don't, we don't need to expand further because this is 93, but yep. <laughs> shout out to Aaliyah. <laughs> Shaquille, out. you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yes. So 1993, uh, we've done our New Jack Swing episode already. So we kind of talked about this, but Ed, 1993, this is quite a transitional year for R&B. You have people like Jodeci. They stepped away from that New Jack Swing sound that they had on their first album. You have Janet Jackson with a phenomenal album. Tevin Campbell still doing a little bit, little bit of that new Jack, but really starting to adapt and adopt uh, Babyface and L.A. Reid's sound, that LaFace sound. Mm-hmm. A lot of great music here, Ed. Where do we begin? Well, when you start in 93, and we'll talk about this again in 92 next week, this is the era where you really see R&B breaking away from New Jack Swing because New Jack Swing had dominated for years and years. But this is the time where we're getting a breath of fresh air. 
and we're seeing some of the bigger players moving away from the sound. And that's when you can always tell the tonal shift because when you have a new artist that comes in and embraces a new sound and then the veterans moving away from that sound. We'll talk about Janet in particular in a minute, but a lot of times Janet particularly has been labeled with, if not being the person to start it, to start the elements of New Jack Swing. But the mm -hmm. album that she had in 93 was a complete shift away from that. And that more soulful sound is kind of what fueled her sound going forward for the next two years, going into Velvet Rope and some of those other albums. And a lot of the big hitters today that we'll discuss, Jodeci and Tony, they're mm. moving away from that sound. And that's why we're seeing this big, big shift to a brand new sound. 93 was really a groundbreaking year because we're hearing the old be left behind because New Jack Swing, as much as everybody loves it in 2021, it was getting played out in 92, 93, mm. trust me. So by then, we're seeing a new sound, new faces, and new artists starting to emerge. So it was a very exciting time. So, I mean, we got to start off, and then we'll talk about this Janet album. I think at one point, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, did you not want to be the hands on that album cover? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Calm down. Well, let, me, let me ask you this, Ed. I don't remember. I was like nine years old. How controversial was that at the time? It was very, because this was around the time where Janet's sexuality started to come into play. And I know in 2021, it's like everybody's living their best whole life. And I know it's all good. <laughs> but in 93, wholesome Janet, who even, I mean, she's always had the Miss Janet if you're nasty. And she always did a little bit. But the go straight up sensual that she did on this album was quite a little shock. But she did it in a classy way. It wasn't gross or anything, but it was she was still at that time considered, you know, little Janet, our little Janet, yeah. our little Kenny from good times. Mm. To see her growing up into this, some people were weirded out about it. I remember a little bit of the controversy, but it was a growth that she needed in the evolution. So it was. Little people were side-eyeing just because of the era. <laughs> as you can tell, it worked very well. And yeah, brothers wanted to be those hands. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, do you know the song, That's the Way Love Goes? Oh, man. Believe it or not, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Song. Yep. Super smooth. Yep. Just laid back. I love to put that one on. It just puts me in a good mood. Amazing song, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at the comments here, Ed. Some people think that album is overrated. Mm. I disagree with that. I, I will say this, though. I do think it's... I don't know if overrated is the right word. I do think that its relevance has kind of been elevated a little bit too high. It's a great mm. album. I don't yep. think it's... I might not even put it in my top three, but that's just how good her discography is. It's a great, great album. It's a beloved album to this day. If you were around in 93 or so, you love this album. This is another one of those albums that we talked about last week with Boys to Men and TLC. Everybody had this Janet album. So it's a beloved album. It might be overrated in the sense that I don't think it's her best work. It's one of her best, but I think she outdid it two or three times over. Can't forget about the song Anytime, Anyplace. I love that song. That's yeah. one of my favorite Janet songs right there. Tom, I'm looking at the track listing here. Every other song is a five-second interlude. Your thoughts on this? <laughs> I think we covered that with the Jodeci album. This is a little annoying. It just hurts the flow a bit. Because we always talk about those albums you can put on from front to back and not have to skip. Yeah. To me, when I'm in my zone, I don't want to have to you know, deal with that. That's my personal opinion. I don't know how you felt about it, Ed. No, I'm feeling you. And that's why, to me, it's not flawless. It's sometimes it's a legacy pretends that it is it's a very good album with very good songs mm -hmm. also a very long album with a lot of stuff that i skip yeah. on well to be fair ed was was the x-men cartoon even out in 1993 like yeah <laughs> x-men was out in 93 because sure. you gotta think now in 2021 there's so many forms of entertainment whether it's instagram twitter youtube tiktok back in 93 Maybe people needed those three-second interludes to, to, to keep entertained. Power Rangers wasn't even out then. That happened in 94. I, I can't remember if Power Rangers was out, but I know for sure X-Men was out by 93 because I was on that. So 
yes, that's true. Maybe we needed a little bit more entertainment. And mm-hmm. again, I do think that we listen to albums much differently in 93 than we listen to today yes. in many, many ways over. But e- even back then, I mean, as I said, I didn't get this album in 93. I probably didn't hear it till 96 or so. But even then, I loved it. But I did think it was a little too long. Hmm. Uh, let me talk about another album here. Uh, Jodeci, Diary of a Mad Ben. And Tom, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you just listened to this album the other day. and I revisited, yep. Yep. And like, to me, right, this is my opinion on it. I feel like the first five songs, you have My Heart Belongs to You, Fiendin', Cry For You. I think What About Us is in there, Ride and Slide. Like, yeah, that five is amazing. <laughs> the second half of the album, when they start doing up-tempo stuff, like, I've never gone to Jodeci for the up-tempos, but that slow mm. mid-tempo, undefeated. Those are some of the best R&B ballads we got of the decade. Yeah, and it almost—it's almost like they couldn't match it with their up-tempo stuff. I, I see what you're saying with the second half of the album. Yeah, but man, Ed, those were some timeless jams right there. I agree with Kyle on this one. Kyle, I gotta give you props. I think mm-hmm. the sequencing on this one does it justice because that first half is great, but it does lose a little bit of steam. This is another album that people celebrate as a flawless piece of work, and I think it's great with mm-hmm. timeless songs on it but i don't think it's a flawless album it might be their best album i think i in fact said it was their best album but sure. i don't think it's flawless because of what you just said but overall when you think about jodeci to me it's not the debut it's not the third album this is the album this is the signature album for me mm-hmm. what i don't about- think it's flawless either actually no and that jodicidal hotline skit freaked me out too oh yeah that yo that i don't know what y'all were doing (laughs) with that one player that's missy (laughs) elliott moaning in the back did you guys know that? oh no yeah i think that was yeah i think you're right she yeah (laughs) yes she was getting her creepy she was getting her freak on freak on early on guys those 90s interludes oh and those, I mean, I know we're not talking about hip hop, but I will be so glad that we move beyond the 90s sex interludes. I do not want to hear people having fake sex on mm. my rap albums. Go away. <laughs> well, two points I want to make here about the record Cry For You, which I think is one of Jodeci's best records. Yep. Number one, the music video, they're in a desert in, in leather. Like, <laughs> that doesn't happen. That shouldn't happen. That's 90s for you, player. And that was super cool. And then the other part of it is if you're on YouTube right now and you search Cry For You and you type in Justin Timberlake, he covered that song with JC Chazé and the Mickey Mouse Club back in 1993-94 when they were just kids. So that lets you know how big R&B was at that, at that time. Disney, Disney artists were covering Jodeci. Yes, that's what we've talked about before. It was mainstream. It sounds crazy today, but like R&B was a big, big part of mainstream media at the time. So I don't think I know that. I have to go check that out. You got to go check that out. A couple of comments I want to address here. Yeah. Um, Our boy Slick Partner loved Jodeci, but they never had a No Skip album. True. Uh, Shaquille Perry says their debut has one of the best opening six song stretches in all the 90s. Hmm. Tar Heels fan said this was a solid album. And the comment I want to address the most was right here. Theo Sullivan Brandon, when you put on My Heart Belongs to You, how can you not get goosebumps? True. Ed, Ed, when was the last time you got goosebumps from a modern day R&B song? <laughs> what? I haven't gotten goosebumps since 1999. What are you talking about? Wow. <laughs> I can't think of the last time I got some good goosebumps. When, when's the last time? My girl Kelly Price hit us with some vocals. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was there was that uh, there was that Jeremiah song, wasn't there? Don't the, tell mute his mic. Mute don't, his mic. And, don't tell him. Ben? Don't tell him. Oh my god. <laughs> well, hold on. That we had a fan in here last week saying J Lo was the second best vocalist in the '90s or something. Remember that? Oh, I remember that. I'm trying to forget that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> she uh, said she was just joking, though. We'll move. Yeah, on. it was. It was. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's talk about Mariah Carey, Music Box. I think this is the one with Dream Lover on it. Yep. Ha- had a baby is... face record, Never Forget You. Uh, not my favorite Mariah album, but there are some decent songs on here. Yeah, this is a good album that I feel like isn't mentioned much today because we're in this weird part of Mariah's career where a lot of younger fans don't really go back to revisit. 
Like if you were a big fan of Mariah, like early Mariah, like this is the Mariah you remember. But a lot of younger fans are kind of like Butterfly and Mimi and going forward. And we kind of skipped those early albums pre-Daydream. And this mm-hmm. was a solid album. And it's a little bit more poppy than the Mariah yeah. that we would get to know in later years. So I think that's why it kind of flies by some radars. Yeah. But it's a solid album for sure. One I was about to mention, I think this was pre-R&B Mariah, especially Dream Lover. I think Hero was a single on here. I never, yeah. I didn't think she took the step to R&B until the next album. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah. I didn't but really pay this one a lot of attention. It, would you guys consider Hero to be, because we've talked about this before. I think We Belong Together, the Christmas song, Always Be My Baby. Those are like her signature signature records is hero on that list as well is a group for, with that her for signature me, record? it is yeah. i can understand really? why i would see really? why people would say it's not because again that was it's almost like a tale of two mariahs any mariah before daydream seems to kind of a lot of it seems to be lost i see it a lot even with jay-z with like his stuff free blueprint people are kind of like I haven't heard that before. Yeah. But again, if you were around in 93, 94, you know how ever present. I never want to hear Hero again because mm. it got so played out. But as far as a signature record for her, no question it was significant. I would say that it was one of her signature songs, even though it doesn't really get the love it deserves today. Good mm. song, but I don't want to hear it no more. Ever. Mm. Ever. <laughs> Now, we got to give a quick shout out here to Babyface, 1993. He was on to something. He had his own album, Cool and You. He had the Tevin Campbell second album. Guys, can I say this? Those three singles that he did on there, I'm Ready, Can We Talk, and Always in My Heart. Ed, Tom, those three are some of the best songs that you'll find from 90s R&B. Phenomenal album. Again, if y'all weren't around, it's hard to describe how (laughs) big Tevin Campbell was. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy that he was as big as he was in 93. But then, like, by 96, it was kind of like a non-factor, unfortunately. Mm. But, yes, those Babyface records were huge. And not only were those records huge for Tevin, Babyface dropped what many people consider, like, one of his better albums. Some people say it's his best. I think, Tom, you said it was your favorite. So yep. we've got that, and then we'll talk about Tony in a minute. By far, he ran 93 with that. Through his pen, he ran yep. 93. Shout out to Daryl Simmons as well, his, his writing partner. Oh, There's yes. an album cut in here I absolutely love. I don't know if you guys know this one, but Lady Lady. It's probably my favorite song. Oh, yeah, yes. yes. And that wasn't even a single. Fantastic song. Um, and a couple more albums I want to touch on here. Just give me your thoughts on it. We have Johnny Gill. We have Belle Biv DeVoe. So a couple of new edition people. Oh, and, we yeah. have, <laughs> and we have ABC, Ed. Another bad creation. ABC. Yes, ABC. Wow. We laugh at oh, ABC. They in 93, the ladies were singing some ABC all mm. on the school bus for sure. I remember all those. <laughs> abc we know like bbd i won't get into that i I respect bbd for what they do i was never a huge bbd fan Mm -hmm. i was a huge johnny fan and i do love this album all three of those albums were significant throughout the year i probably wouldn't put them in my definitely wouldn't put them in my top three maybe not even my top 10 but Mm -hmm. they aren't bad albums at all it's just how high the bar was set here in 93 yeah i mean tom is it even possible for bell biv devoe no matter what they put out to match the success of Poison, like they're competing against themselves at that point. It's unfortunate because they have a lot of other great songs. and But that's the one that, I mean, credit to them. They have a song that's always going to be in rotation. Yeah, It's hard. You know, a lot of you know artists don't get that. You know, that timeless record that's played at every party, every wedding, mm-hmm. you know. and But yeah, they can't top that one, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's a thriller effect player. You will never be able to top it. It's a thriller effect, the Illmatic effect, whatever you want to call it. It's mm. so good, you'll never beat it, no matter how good you do. I got to mention this album here, Tony, Tony, Tony. They dropped an album in 1993, and this, to me, is one of the most underrated. I think it needs to be talked about a little more. I know it's critically acclaimed, but people don't talk about this album today. I think a lot of the albums we're discussing today are extremely underrated, again, because I feel like 93 is a little bit ahead of 
the conversations that we talk about. And that's why I was glad we we're talking about 93 and 92, because they set the stage for the 95s and 96s and 97s that you see celebrated all the time on social media. But this album arguably is their best album. I think so. Yeah. And for sure is one that is not mentioned enough, even honestly, it's like, I feel like I need to talk more about Tony, 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 because I don't talk about them enough on soul and stereo. We talk about Raphael Sadiq and all the stuff yeah. that he does, but as a group, Tony, Tony, Tony was huge. And this album was another one that, was, that just set the pace for the decade. It's unfortunate because when I think about this group, I know they debuted in the 80, the late 80s with their first album, but they're never really mentioned alongside the top groups because nope. a lot of, you know, a lot of their success was in the early 90s. Yeah. And I really feel like it's because they don't have Sadiq to be a part of the celebration that he's not yeah. there to wave the flag for the group. And unfortunately, that it gets lost in the cracks when we talk about the best groups from the 90s. So, mm-hmm. you know, they definitely deserve more love. I mean, Ed, songs like If I Had No Loot, Anniversary, <laughs> Lay Your Head on the Pillow. Like, those, oh. are, those are some great songs. Yeah. Anniversary and Pillow. I was never that big fan of um, If I Had No Loot. But yep. the other two, for sure, I wore out. So I'm a huge fan. And again, man, it, y'all, you're, you're getting me convicted in my soul as the church. <laughs> I feel like I need to do an album ranking or something. I got to show my oh. boys love because we don't yep. talk about them enough. So go check out that album, Sons of Soul. Um, I think it's time we get into the rookies here. Yes. Wow. I think we're speeding through this, but uh, we've got a lot to talk about here. I'm going to name out the rookies from the collage here. We have Escape, Tony Braxton, Joe, Intro, H-Town, Aaron Hall, UNV, Tisha Campbell, and the man we're not allowed to speak about. Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you imagine that rookie class, though? But hold on. I had someone tell me that this is not even his debut album because we're supposed to count the album that he has out with Public Enemy. Mm. Or public announcement, sorry. Public enemy. <laughs> public enemy. No, he wasn't with Flavor Flay. That would be cool. Um, I don't. Do you guys count that? To, no, that's dumb. No, that's like saying no. that the Fuji's album is Lauren's debut album. Like that. That's <laughs> a group effort. Like that mm. doesn't count to me. Yeah. So, I just named a couple of albums here. Let's get into it. Uh, let's get into Tony Braxton's album first here. Ed has gone on record to say that this is one of the greatest albums of all time from top to time, bottom. Man. I said Something what I said. Apparently it's perfect. Oh boy. <laughs> Better than Secrets apparently. Ned, and, uh, I said what I said. And one of the best oh. debut albums of all time too. Is I this said all true? What I said. Wow. It's every every bit is true. Like for I'm jokes aside, like I love this album. I think that it's when it comes to all of the things that check the box. And when y'all ask me, oh, you never give anything five stars. What takes five stars? Look at the boxes this check. I love the runtime. I love the sequencing. I love the level of songwriting. We talked about Babyface earlier. I love the emotional performances. She's not singing in the same freaking tone through the every song on the album. There are ups and downs, peaks and valleys, emotion in her voice. Mm. And the writing is great. I already talked about the writing. The writing is great. And we just have legendary singles that came from this. Songs that when you think of Tony, you think of Seven Whole Days and you think of Breathe Again and you think of Love Should Have Brought You Home. All of these are in one album. This is one album. This isn't some playlist somebody slapped together. This is one album, one body of work. For sure, her best album. Mm, Kyle, amazing. can yep. we do an impromptu challenge for Ed? Okay. Hmm. Ed, with this being one of the greatest albums of all time, I would mm-hmm. like you on the spot in order to name each song on the album. Oh, please. No, I can't do that. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Well, that's disappointing. <laughs> no. There's 12 songs. You can't name them in order? No, I can't name them. I could probably name them randomly, but I certainly couldn't name them in order. Ladies and gentlemen, Credibility gone. <laughs> well, first of all, I know you two could name three in order. <laughs> no. Ooh, man. <laughs> uh, Tom, Escape's debut. Just kicking it. Big song. But you know what's impressive about this album is that JD, at the age that he was, he pretty much wrote this whole album by himself. I mean, Candy eventually goes on to be a great writer in her own right, but JD did this by himself. That's, that's something to acknowledge here. This is his first album he put out after Kid and Play. Is that mm-hmm. correct? That's so, right. I mean, yep. 
shout out to JD for having the, you know, intuitiveness to find another artist, you know, make the move to a female group. And yeah, I mean, his songwriting and production has always been underrated in my opinion. Yeah. And this is, a, this is a perfect example of that. I mm-hmm. just listened to this album. Um, I meant to hit you up, Kyle, because I have, um, Last week, I think it was last week, I started playing this game. Shout out to my old heads in the house, Earthbound on Super Nintendo. I've never wow. played it before. So I'm like playing Earthbound for the first time. And hmm. while I'm playing it, I'm trying to get back in my 90s mood set. So I'm playing this debut album because I hadn't heard it in years and years. And I'm just letting it play while I'm wandering around and fighting random monsters or whatever, whatever. And I'm like, man, this is a debut album. And it's so well crafted. For a debut album and we don't we've talked before how we don't give escape enough love and how consistent they've been from day one and as a debut project this is very 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 well done shout out to i see a comment here on instagram love la vida lizzie love the knowledge on this live we know our stuff we love r&b we know r&b we're not just gonna come on here making stuff up that's what we do <laughs> so we appreciate you tuning in yep uh tom can we talk about Joe's album? Did you know this was Joe's debut album? I found out later on in life, if you, if we're being honest. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I was nine in 1993. Okay. You expect me to know Joe Thomas's debut album, but I, in all I seriousness, respect the honesty. I respect the honesty. In all seriousness, I really paid attention to it probably about ten years ago when I interviewed RRL, and he was raving about this album. I don't mm. know why it came up, but he's like, oh, no one even knows it's Joe's debut album. It came out in 93. RL, I love you, man, but I, I don't get the album. I don't get the love for the album. I don't love this album, and mm. I love I, Joe. And it's, I, I got to disagree with you, player. I'm really? with RL. I like really? this album a whole wow. lot. I wow. think this is by far his most underrated album. It's not his best. I'm not mm. saying it's his best by any means, but easily, I mean, Joe has a lot of I would easily yeah. say top five. Like it's a very underlooked album. If you're listening, if you're watching, and you haven't heard this album, check it out. A lot of it holds up today. I checked it out. Maybe I re-listened to it about four or five months ago. It's still solid, y'all. Mm. Mm. It's, it's just crazy because Joe debuted at this time, and up until like 2016, he was still consistently putting out music. Not a lot of artists from this era can really say that, but Joe kept it going for a long time i know he's like semi-retired well, now don't worry guys after i finish uh interpreting that d'angelo voodoo album yeah this joe album is the next on my list <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <sighs> all right at least this one i can give you props for i still can't crack the code of voodoo i left that one alone but mm. this one is hot all right uh, a couple of groups i want to talk about here intro which might have like the best album of the 90s claire Yes, yes. Wow. This is the best album y'all have not heard. I promise mm. you. I promise you. Check this one out, too. Let Me Be the One is such a jam. I still play that like every day. Come Inside is a great song, too. I mean, the ribbon in the sky. Oh, my oh, yes. Like, you yep. cannot touch. Vocally, those brothers were killing it. Yeah, their cover of that Stevie song is, like, probably the best cover I've heard. Mm. And Stevie, Stevie when Stevie shows up in the video. Yeah you know that it's serious. <laughs> yeah. Um, H-Town. Ed, don't you love the song Knocking the Boots? Oh, my God. <laughs> I can say it. 93, I was just kind of a... I was, I was a fan of the mainstream. I wasn't a super hardcore fan. But I knew this song, and this song got on my nerves because for whatever reason, it just the song has always kind of irked me. And I had yeah. friends. I guess 93 was like 7th or 8th grade. And people would just like play the song really loud because they knew it would drive me nuts. Like this song is whack, leave me alone. I can't stand <laughs> it. I don't know why it just rubs me in the wrong way. It's not a poorly performed song or poorly sung song. I don't know. Just, but it, uh, let me it ask you like, this. You, you would be led to believe that groups like H-Town and even like High Five are one hit wonders. Ed. Is, is that your, the way you view it? That's always how it's portrayed because on, people only stick to the one hit. So it's like H-Town knocking the boots. So they're one hit wonders because I only remember one song. <laughs> Claire, Wikipedia is free. Go up there and you will see <laughs> that they have plenty of top 10 songs, even beyond the ones that you forgot about. Like, I mean, they like it slow, the thin line between love and hate, emotions. Yeah. I might not love knocking the boots at all, mm. but it's oh, not escape. 
H-Town has plenty of hits, and they definitely aren't one-hit ones. Neither is Montel. Neither mm-hmm. are some of these other folks <laughs> y'all pick up. Yo, Mark, that Knocking the Boots song, though, that's one of them records. You can hear the first three seconds of it, and you know what song it is. You know exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. That, that run the other way. That is, <laughs> that's an impressive feature. Uh, and, Ed, we have UNV. UNV. I never thought <laughs> we'd have a podcast where we talk about UNV. <laughs> I love how Ed's voice changes when he mentions these groups. I don't he gets really excited. Know at all. <laughs> yes, I get so hyped because this is like my era. I get so hyped. All right. And the last one we'll talk about here, two albums here. I got to ask this. So we have Aaron Hall and we have the Chocolate Factory Man. <laughs> um, Same person? Yeah, same style of music. That, that that's what I want to know, Ed. In 1993, were people saying, "Hold up, why does R. Kelly sound exactly like Aaron Hall? Why do they have similar style music?" Like, well, uh, bring yes, it back to they, 1993. Yes, they were, and I know people will say, "And I'm telling you, I was in the classrooms when these conversations were happening." You know that Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Man are pointing at each other? Oh, yes, the 1993 <laughs> version was Aaron Hall, and you know who, because. Aaron Hall, as we know, was an established artist through Guy doing his thing. And then here's this young guy who's just coming on the scene who suddenly looks exactly like him and kind of sounds <laughs> like him and mm-hmm. kind of doing his thing. And he went on to have a big career. But let's not front on my man Aaron because this album was pretty big and it's pretty good too. And it's one of my favorite songs of all time. It's housed on this one too. I love I Miss You. So, that song is so sad. I love it. That's the saddest, saddest song alert, guys. So sad. Saddest. And the video is even worse. So yes, it's awful. But that dude was yeah. But let me ask you one thing though. People were like, "What's going on with these two guys looking exactly the same?" Are you saying R. Kelly went bald on purpose to emulate Aaron Hall? Well, seeing that he had hair on the Mm. later (laughs) album, I think so. Yes, he shaved that thing, dog. Wow. He suddenly have cornrows for. The TP2. <laughs> uh, and then speaking of R. Kelly, the 12-play album, I can't think of an album that's referenced more than this album from R&B songs today. Like, they always reference the 12-play album. Because it's so influential. Um, I mean, I know we're going to get a bunch of crap for Derry to mention his name, but we're talking about this from a historical perspective. And if you're talking about the history of R&B in 93, you got to mention the man. We can talk wherever else about who he's sleeping with or where he's sleeping now Hmm. in jail. So the point is, this album was extremely influential for male artists, and we can especially see his impact even today. So, yeah, even though he copy and pasted my other man, he went on to build on that to build a career. And this was the start of his dominance of the 90s. I've called him the biggest male artist of this decade, and it started right here. How many stars is this album, Ed? I think I only... I, it's not perfect. I think I only mm. gave it like four. It's good, though. Mm. Wow. It's good, but it's not perfect. All right. I think that concludes our discussion on the rookies for 1993. Sorry, I drew a blank there. I thought we were talking about 2021 R&B. Oh, well, <laughs> that's why you drew a blank. Yes. So um, we'll get Ben in here now. Ben Cromwell long-time supporter of the site. I hope he can connect. We had some technical difficulties earlier, but Ben... I'm here. All right, we got to get your video in here now. So let me try to get you in here. Can I give Ben Cromwell a proper introduction? Yes. Ben, I just sent the video, so when you're ready. All right. So while he's doing that, I'm going to eat the Starburst here. What the heck? Is I hold- Are you I- eating two? That looked like more than one. Well, it, co- it comes in two. I have a a pink one and a pink one. That's R. <laughs> that's R and B right there. <laughs> Hold on, Ben. Pink Starburst sounds like a R and B frozen. Ben, we we can't see your face. Your camera's off. Ed, in the My meantime, nineteen ninety three. Frozen, snow. dog. <laughs> Snow oh, Informer. Frozen, dog. Ed. Say what, Tom? Snow Wait. Informer. 
Oh my god! I thought you were talking about Snow Allegra. You're talking about Snow Informer. That's man, a five star song right there. <laughs> you talk about the precursor of mumble rap. It started all oh, right here. My. Snow and Informer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> ben, we're trying to get you in here. I, I guess wanna... Ben is in, he's going to get to partake in our chicken wing discussion since we got extra time here. I guess so. <laughs> ben, are you still there? Hmm. I think Ben has vanished. I'm going to boot him out. Snow Allegra is overrated. I see a comment. Uh-oh. Wow. I'm ducking for cover. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Snow is, leave Snow alone. She's perfectly fine. I liked her last album. All right, I just booted him I mean, him it's out. no intro, but it'll do. All right, so I'll ask a question while we get Ben back in here. All right. Have we talked about chicken wings already? No. no we haven't. The only thing we talked about is Pink Starbirds, with apparently your, your new hit single off your mixtape. That's the only reason I showed up to this episode, to talk about chicken wings, so let's All get right. it on. So <laughs> I have a question for you guys here Okay. Before we, uh, while we wait for Ben. Of these four types of chicken wings... Which is the best? Wet, grilled, dry, or crispy? Show oh. the picture, Kyle. Hold the picture up. I don't know if they can see it, though. Maybe they hold, can. Hold closer. Not oh, that no, close. Not, there we go. Okay, right there. Hold it for a while. All right. All right. Which is the best out of the four? Which one's got to go? Let's go with that. Well, no, no, no. We got to go with which one's the best. Because right. I think three of them got to go, but that's just my opinion. Oh, Three man. of them got to go. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Tom, go, because I know we're going to argue about this. First all of all, right. well, first of all, is there anything wrong with eating a chicken wing with a napkin? Like holding it with a napkin while you're eating it? I mean, I guess if you're going to have your pinky <laughs> in your air while you're eating it, too. <laughs> What's that? I don't know where the closest restroom is where I got to wipe myself down after I eat this, because chicken wings are a messy situation. Why? Yeah. So, so now I figure... Little boost napkin. Over you just pick it up with the napkin, you know, and then you just chew, you know, gracefully, and then you're done. Tom, how long does it clean. take you to eat chicken wings? Because this sounds like an all day affair. I've showed <laughs> you the pictures of me eating chicken wings, and the thing doesn't even really get taken apart. It's like oh, half I was of it offended. is left. <laughs> I was offended. If you have not seen Tom's chicken wings, imagine a wing and it looks like a little baby chipmunk nibbled on the edge, and then threw the wing away. That wing is 90% meat. They're starving children that would devour the rest of that chicken. That well, listen, I just move on to the next one. Now, first he was boosting, now he's Jay-Z. That song is terrible, too. I don't throw it on the floor. Remember I asked you guys if it's okay to throw it on the floor? Do you yes. see that where you're from? Yes, I don't and throw I was it on the floor. by your answer. Welcome to New I York. I dispose of it properly. All right. Well, I hope so because you ain't eating it properly. Tommy, anyway, you... getting back to Kyle's question, yes. I am all for any chicken wing except wet because I don't like gooeyness on my hand. I'm not holding it with catcher's mitts like Tom to eat <laughs> because I'm not a weirdo and I'm not taking a nibble and throwing it on the floor for the New York Pets <laughs> hiccup or whatever you're talking about. Where oh, is Ben? I'm getting worked up. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> Listen. Kyle, what's your take? I'm like that 112 album. I'm hot. I like it. I like it hot, and I like it wet. Oh, oh my god! Goodness. Oh my god! This no. time oh. is. <laughs> Where's Ben? Time to hit mute. Um, just... No, what you guys need to try is Korean fried chicken. Ed, do you know what this is? I don't think I know what this it's is. It's a what combination is? of crispy and saucy. Oh no! It's. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Cassandra. I think she just made some the other day and posted it on Instagram. I think that yes. I think I think I just saw that. It looks good. I haven't yes. had it. It looks good. I, I I don't know where Ben is. He said he's. You I, know what I, I'm actually curious about? I'm curious if our boy Damon Dunn has ever eaten chicken wings. That 15 year old. I don't. Do they that's serve a that question. Where's Damon? Have you had chicken wings? Let us know in the comments. Damon. I want to hear from you. Now, but, now, the, now the real question is, once we publish this on YouTube, am I editing this part out? Or... Oh, no. no. <laughs> You're keeping in this in, bro. <laughs> I'm reading the comments. People find this more interesting than... Never mind. 
I'm biting my tongue on that one. You better. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, my answer is grilled for the win. You got to go healthy. You got to go sanitary. At least I didn't say I ate it with a fork. All right. Well, I was waiting for you to say that you used a fork and knife for it. Mm. That's not even possible, though. If it was possible, I'd probably do it. I I think it is. (laughs) (laughs) If there was a way, Tom's going to make it work. Trust. But (laughs) do you know what's a real skill? If you can put the whole chicken wing in your mouth and clean it and spit it back out. What is this a the Looney Tunes cartoon? That's not possible. Oh my I think goodness. It, I think it might be. I, we'll do it on the next disgusting. podcast. I'll get some wings for us. I will make sure to turn my camera off for that. All Our right. boy Shaquille Perry had Asian Zing from Buffalo Wild Wings last week. There you go. Buffalo D-dubs. Wild Wings. I haven't underrated. been to D-dub since the quarantine. I need to go now, through. I only eat the boneless wings there. I mean, the bone is just too much work, guys. I mean, if you think about it. It's a lazy connoisseur of chicken. <laughs> like, what do you eat around? That's part of the delivery. Do you not eat crab legs, too? Like, that's part of the experience. Uh, the cracking just... and the pulling and the slurping and the moving and the throwing. I don't want to have to work for my meal. I just, when I'm ready to eat, I'm ready to eat. You're not going that's to it. the slaughterhouse to kill them and skim. <laughs> You're just eating them at the end. Not that much work. All right. Uh, someone on YouTube said Tom has officially ruined the chicken conversation. He is. Yes. Yeah. Tom Listen, ruins them all. There's got to be someone out here who agrees with me and eats like me. I will find well, that person. Yes. Darius says he agrees with you. He feels you for whatever reason. Now I got to be there. We go. My boy. You guys are see? Bring all him right. back on. Let's go. I like that guy. All right. Well, oh, I don't know where Ben is. He's reading my DMs, but he's not replying. So what we're going to do is we're going to have to go on without him. Ben, if you happen to join in at any point, we'll add you back on. But we've got things to do, so we're going to start off with the rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. We have do you mind, of- Kyle? Do you mind running through the the names again? The certainly, collage? certainly. I have to open the collage first, but we'll get to it. All right, so we have Escape, Tony Braxton, Joe, Intro, H-Town, Aaron Hall, UNV, Tisha Campbell, and the men we're not allowed to speak about. Mm. Mm. I'm going to go with, this is a tough one. We got to go with Tony Braxton on this one. Mm. I mean, of all the ones we've named, that's probably the one I'd put up there as the best rookie. It's a, it's a t- It wasn't easy, but yeah. I wanted to pick Joe just because we love Joe and he's the most popular artist on our site, but I can't. I just can't. Sorry, RL. We still love you, man. <laughs> Ed? I got to go. There's really only one. Ad- We're this between two and not using, again, I think it's unfair to use hindsight and to say, okay, so-and-so is a big deal now, so they were the rookie then. I have to look at it with a 1993 frame of reference and using 1993 frame of reference has got to be my girl tony mm. the other guy mm. comes very very close but i would think that 93 it was just her year she was the biggest she was the brightest so gotta go with tony i'm gonna actually have to go with the other guy because i feel like well when you look back at it now bump and grind is there a record as big as bump and grind from tony's debut no because Bump and Grind, like, well, uh, let, let me say this. Up until, like, no. three years ago, Bump and Grind was still being played, like, regularly. Now, I, I don't think anyone plays that song, but. Well, no, not unless you want to get booed out of the arena. But yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, I mean, I do think that those are songs for different settings, if you know what I'm saying. Like, I feel like that one does resonate a little bit more in pockets than others, than Tony's would. It's pretty close. Pretty close. Mm. I won't argue against them. All right. So we're still waiting on Ben here. I think I don't think he's going to join us, unfortunately. Oh man, no, he doesn't. He's falling back into the wilds of Canada, I guess. Yeah, we'll get him next he's year. from Canada. He's from Canada. Wow. What part do you know? Like Nova Scotia. He's from like the other. He's from like the other side of Canada. Oh. The other side. <laughs> I got friends in Nova Scotia. Give them some respect. I don't know. There's like four people that live there. Yeah, well I, well, I know two of them. Yeah, ben so. and my boy Luke James. Not the Probably. singer. Wait, Luke they James? Commenters. No, not the singer. Shout out my boy, though. 
Can I can I mention something about Luke James? Me and Kyle were in uh, New Orleans at Essence Festival. Oh, we randomly asked our taxi driver if if he ever heard of Luke James because Luke James is from New Orleans, and mm-hmm. he said no. He said that no. does not surprise me. And, <laughs> and then and then this is this is drunk facts because we were drunk at the time. I asked if he knew August Alcino. He also said no. Well, at least he's smart. So. Oh, all right. You Talk- notice everybody I don't like ends up being a terrible person. Luke James is not a terrible person. I like Luke James. I'm talking about oh. August. I'm talking about the dude that shot Megan. What's his name? Uh, Tory Lames. Oh, yes. Jeez. From Canada. He listen, never undefeated. Yes, all you Canadians are on something. All right. Um, let's do our favorite three albums of 1993. Uh, I hope you guys have the collage up. If not, I'll read it out to you guys one more time here. Babyface, Johnny Gill, Jodeci, Tony, 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 Belle Biv DeVoe, Mariah Carey, Tevin Campbell, Janet Jackson, another bad creation, as well as those rookies that we mentioned earlier. So, Tom, I will start with you here. Your favorite three. What is number three? Was this the year that Mary J's What's the 411 Remix album came out? It was. That is true. Yep. Can it that was. make it in somehow? I would love to put that in. There. I I think it does. It's like yeah, a completely would, different album. You can count that. Yeah. Yes. I gotta slide that into my number. I'll put it at number three, just for, yeah. just for the heck of it. I know we didn't talk about it, but I like that one. I mean, a lot of it is similar to the original. Obviously, it's remixes, but man, I, I love that one. I played that one alongside the original. Hmm. Ed, I told you guys off air that like. A lot of times with these top tens or top threes or whatever, like I can usually easily come up with a five and then narrow it down. I did a list of like 11 and it's like it's impossible to narrow down. My number one is number one. My number two is a little safe, but number three could be like between anything. So I'm going to go as of right now, right now, I could be swayed a million different ways. I'm going to go with Kevin. I'm going to mm. go with Tevin's second album. One wow. Uh, my number three, I'm going to go with Intro. To me, one of the most underrated debut albums of R&B history. Agree. Great singles. And man, just a fantastic album. So I'm going to go with Intro number three. Tom, number two. Uh, Babyface, unfortunately, doesn't make the cut. Mm. I'm going to have to put Janet in there. I'm looking at the track list. The song Anytime, Any Place, seven minutes and nine seconds. I mean, who has the attention span these days to listen to a song that long? No, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> Regardless, for what the album is, though, classic. So that's my number two. All right. Uh, ben says he's still trying to get back. I don't think we can get him back. Get him in here. I got to give that guy's proper shout out. I don't see. We might have to bring him for the next what episode. I don't see him in here. Um, Ed, number two. Number two. I gotta agree with the chicken man. What's going on in life? Chicken man. <laughs> yes, I gotta go with Janet for my number two. I mean, oh. the transition from New Jack Swing, the pop sound to this more soulful release. I think it stands the test of time. One of her most. I don't think it's her best album, but one of her most. Remembered and beloved album for sure. So the Janet album, lowercase with the period, number two. Mm. I just got called out, meanwhile, by Tar Heels fans saying, I didn't have three albums to name. That's why I had to put the remix album in there. Oh, <laughs> some Tar Heels fan. <laughs> you know, we love you, man, and you support us. But Babyface was my number three until I booted him for that remix album. So listen, I know my 93 R&B show. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, my number three will have to be Tony Braxton. I love that album. I don't think it's better than Secrets. Um, but I would say sequencing-wise, the debut is better from that aspect. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Tony Braxton, Babyface, and L.A. Reid really did their thing. So Tony Braxton is my number two, which brings us back to Tom, the Chicken Man. What is no- What is your number one? Let me ask you guys something. Will we ever have another babyface in L.A. Reid type of situation? I don't think so. I do not. Uh, that's I so don't... rare and so epic if you, yeah. just, to, just to think about it. I mean... I'm trying to think. Who else did that? 
Like no, JD did that. Are we talking recently? Oh, like recent? Yeah, I'm thinking of in the past decade, decade and a half. Who has come close to that? DJ Mustard. No man, get (laughs) your. We're talking about production, songwriting, and I'm talking about like some of the best ever, you know. And then also jumping on artists early, having their own label, like it's, it's a whole situation. I cannot think of an artist or a, a team or a writer who has mm-hmm. produced the amount of hits consistently That's over true. decades of time that Babyface has done. It is unprecedented. So just wanted to throw it out there because it came to me. But as far as my number one, I think I'm going to have to go with the boys. I just listened to this album, Jodeci. Mm. I don't think it's a flawless album, but I think it has the songs that to me, stand the test of time more than some of the others. As you know, like we said, the first four, untouchable. So I'm putting Jodeci's album at number one. Tom, I'm reading a couple comments here. People said uh, Timbaland and Polo the Dawn were able to do oh, it. Some, nuke. Someone said the Neptunes. You would probably agree, but nuke. Uh, London on the track for Summer Walker. Oh, no. Jonathan (laughs) B, he's banned. I'm about to choke on my own Starburst, and I'm not even eating one. Wow. (laughs) Ed, what's your number one? Man, I think... Can we address that Neptunes real quick? Because the Neptunes are more known for the production. I mean, certainly they they took on Khalees, and they helped put her out and a couple other artists, but... Yeah. No, I don't... I don't think they developed a superstar. That was the problem with Timbaland and the Neptunes is their hits on other artists yeah. were always bigger than the ones that they put on their own. And that's yes, yeah. that's it. I mean, you can make the case for Timbaland as far as guiding, like elevating the career of Aaliyah, or elevating a Justin Timberlake. Yeah. But it's just different. They did not, there was no talent like a Tony Braxton who was groomed to superstardom from jump. I uh, love Tim, but he didn't. Well, who did he? Bubble Sparks? Like, it didn't happen. <laughs> nope, nope. It didn't happen. Your boys. My boys? One Republic. My boys, One Republic. You, you see oh. how quiet it got? <laughs> because we were astounded by your ridiculousness. Go That's find true. more Starburst to eat. All right. You I got eat guys, Halloween cannon. I got another in your one. brain. Hold on, hold on. London on the track. Is this a... I, I'm still shaking my head. And Summer Walker. <laughs> Come on. Come on. It was my boy, Jonathan. He's playing. I hope he's playing. And no disrespect. Can we get a London on the track tag here? No, we cannot. We got London on the track. The worst (laughs) tag. The worst. That's why you. if you're more worried about your tags than your content, that's a problem. Miss Jade. You forgot Miss Jade. Ching, ching. Listen, Miss Jade's album was great. Yes. Go check that out. Same with Bubba. Yes. Bubba's second album was incredible. I will stand by that. (laughs) <laughs> but can uh, we talk oh. about 1993 R&B did you name your number one already no because okay. we started talking about One Republic for some reason oh, <laughs> sorry anyway gotta talk I mean obviously if you know me you know my number one but I gotta shout out Jodeci I gotta shout out Face I gotta shout out Mariah I gotta shout out Aaron Hall and the other guy and Joe and Intro so many <laughs> great albums but no can only be one number one and that is Miss Tony Braxton. One of the best albums of the entire decade in 1993. Mm. But you had your rookie and your number one the same, so. Yeah, I cheated. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on, hold on. It gets worse. Summer Walker won album of the year at the Soul Train Awards. So we should oh. be res- respecting her. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. Fan. Let excuse me speak into me. the camera real quick. Tar Heels fan, award shows are rigged, bro. Don't believe what they're telling you on there. You mean Anyways. to tell me Doja Cat isn't the biggest R&B artist of the 2020s? Oh. That's what I heard from an award show. They taught me that. We still love you, man. We're just messing with you. Can we, can we oh, focus? Can I get to my number one? Yes, we can, because this is completely off the rails. Yeah. So I've saved this last Starburst intentionally for this whole episode to announce my number one, because I got to give so much respect to my guy, Devontae Swing, for his work on the song My Heart Belongs to You, undoubtedly one of the greatest R&B songs of all time. 
for that reason alone, even though I said earlier that I don't like the up-temples on that album, mm-hmm. that first song, I think Fiendin is one of the best songs of all time, too. Yeah. Devontae, this is for you. Jodeci, Diary of Mad Men, number one. Bam. What does Starburst have to do with this? I don't know why I'm here. The Jodeci, Starburst, they both make me happy. <gasps> what is going I on? I don't know. I you almost know. feel like that's crazy. Hold next on. episode. This is pink, but it tastes like watermelon. That's weird. I think you. How long <laughs> have you had that Starburst? It's starting to turn, player. It might be. If I don't make it I, to the next episode, Ben, you got to cover for me. I almost feel like next episode we should all eat chicken wings live on the air in our own style. That will be the shortest episode we have ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I'll let Ben know that he'll join us next time. All right. So I think that's it for this week. 1993 is complete. We've got one I more. I hope so. We've got one more year to go. We're going to talk about 1992. And then we're done. We're going to talk about something else. But <laughs> we're done. <laughs> well, we'll find something else to talk about. But Ed, what's going on with SoInStereo.com? I can tell you at SoInStereo.com, you can check us out where we won't be talking about chicken or starbursts. Because that's the blackest thing I've heard on this podcast all day. Mm. But you can check out my ranking of my man Cameron's album. Like, not for some random reason, Cam- Cameron came up. So I had to shout out to your boy from NY, Tom. So I'm ranking his whole discography, which is pretty underrated, by the way. Jokes aside. Check that out. Check out my man Brick, who is joining the Soul and Stereo fam. He will be doing some reviews of some emerging hip-hop artist and he starts with the homie peacemaker his ep is out so he'll be doing a review of that and my girls king we are king are back i've got their new single space oddity that's up on the site as well so check out their tribute to david bowie i don't know what i have next week but it'll be something check it out nice a few, uh comments here i i would love to address what about 1991 guys 1991 i was one years old i don't think i can do it (laughs) yeah i feel like it's starting to get a little bit out of my homie's age range when we hit that far so yeah um but maybe we we, we might surprise you we'll see don't damon dunn says don't bring him on the chicken winning episode it would be five hours long i don't know yes what does that mean he has no idea to chicken wing no i think he'll be on he is my son after all he'll be chicken winging us all under the table Mm. Watch these wants to know is Kyle drinking Snoop wine low key? I I'd say yes. Yes. Probably. Yes. I don't have any right now, but next yes. week I might. And someone wrote Fruity R and B. That's in response to your Jodeci and Starburst comment, Kyle. Fruity fruit Jodeci <laughs> is not fruity R and B. That is like the Fruity R and B. That is the opposite of Fruity R and B. I don't even want to touch that. Jodeci had machetes, guys. They were machetes, Oof. leather boots. I could go on and on. And then, the some, then Anthony Costa said, y'all are sleeping on Genuine. 100, I guess you mean 100% Genuine is the best album. We always show Genuine love. I'm I love sure. that album. I what think that was mean? my number one. <laughs> what I got to do in 1993? Uh, he said we should have discussed it today. Really? It ain't Anthony 1999. Costa, log on to YouTube. Uh, our episode where we discussed that is on there. So yes, it's called nineteen ninety nine, homie. We certainly praise that that one. And and don't forget when you're watching the video, don't skip the ads. We need the YouTube money. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. This All right. wine is in full effect. I can tell. Yes, uh, Tom. What's going on with you? Know I got so before we get out of um, here. We're waiting for a few albums to come out. Well, you know, Jasmine just came out with her. EP. It's not an album, guys. I and guess. now, I guess Robin Thicke is up next, because otherwise yes. it's been pretty slow as far as new music. So, not too much to report. We've been putting a few different articles out. I've been keeping track of the whereabouts of every 90s R&B mm. artist. Yep. I've updated my articles on that. So, if you want to check that out, if you're curious where anyone's been. Uh, otherwise, yeah, just these podcasts, guys, and uh, perfecting my chicken wing eating skills otherwise oh yes oh yeah oh no (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh the one thing we'll be doing after these lookbacks i'm gonna put together an r&b draft i might need a couple of you guys that are tuned in to join us for this 
it'll be fun. But uh, I think that's what's next after 1992. And then after that, I don't know what we're talking about. We might we gotta just, do 80s. We might have we we might one one episode. For yeah, the whole we'll have decade. one episode on the 80s. Yeah, we don't have to do the whole decade, but we do need an 80s episode. All right, we'll talk about Freddie Jackson and and the rest of the. <laughs> What in the world Freddy do you Jackson. know about Freddie Jackson? No. Can we talk about Frankie Beverly and Mays? Yes. Wow. There you I go. feel like Before I'll just I talk go. this whole episode. Wow. Y'all just eat chicken in the background. Mm. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll figure that out. Guys, I appreciate you guys once again for tuning in. It's, it's, it's been fun. And uh, we've been doing this for a couple months now, and it's going to continue. So you guys just stay safe. I know it's crazy out there right now. Stay safe, and uh, we'll see you guys next Saturday, same time. So take care, guys. We are. All right. Peace.